0: Hi, it's Claire, and welcome to another episode of Introspectives. Just wanted to take the time to acknowledge, before we got started, to say that the three of us are aware that it's been a while since we released content. That's because we are at transitional points in our lives right now in terms of what's happening with us personally and in our careers. We'll hopefully get to all of that in episodes that we've recorded and in our newsletters to come. So we recorded this episode with Emma and Katie over the summer And the main point of our podcast is to just highlight different voices and to share insight. And I find this a really interesting one because it showcases what Emma and Katie found to be their personal journeys in higher education and their reasons for choosing it. So I hope you enjoy. Let us know what you think. And let's get started. Who are you
1: in higher education? Okay, so um, my name is Katie, um, I work um, as a um, higher education engagement assistant, um, encouraging young people to um, go into higher education that may not have thought that they wanted to go into higher education. Um, yeah.
2: Great, thanks That's Katie. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emma. Um, I'm a graduate of the University of Sheffield. I studied law with Spanish law there, um, including a year abroad in Spain. And I also do the same job as Katie. That's how we know each other. Um, And I really enjoy just giving um, students who haven't had much exposure to the world of higher education a bit more insight and advice into things such as higher education, university, colleges, degrees, apprenticeships, everything higher education basically I guess we had
1: like quite a similar higher education journey should yeah, I say um because we both did a subject and language as part of our yeah. degree so I did history and
2: German for my degree yeah and as I said I've got the Spanish element so both language enthusiasts here I'd say yeah <laughs> um so just to step back a
0: bit what would you guys say is the difference between being students in higher education to being professionals in higher education? What do you think the differences are?
1: Um, I guess you're more aware of how higher education works, so how a university is funded and how um different departments where you never really think of that I don't think as a student about who puts that on who organizes the whatever it's only kind of once you start looking at jobs yourself that you realize Mm -hmm. oh of course the lady that sat behind the desk and took in my essay submission was paid so that's a job (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think that's a big difference
2: And I feel like I now actually know more about higher education as this job, um, as I work in this job, rather than when I was a student myself, just because we were meant to know details of all of it, not just the uni side, and for me, just the law degree side. And I think I realise more the importance and benefits of it now than I did while I was doing it myself. So my job really benefits me as well for appreciating my own experiences and degree and everything that I got from that. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, so to be more personal, when you two
0: were students, um, tell me more. Tell me more about your experiences. So, um, what do you think were challenges that you faced? Did you feel isolated in terms, like for example, were you the only ones from your hometowns, you know, things like that? um
1: yeah well I didn't know anybody else from witness when I was at uni who was uh who was also uh, um, at the same uni as me um I think I met somebody eventually that had gone to the same high school but we got to sixth form so I didn't really know him but I was like oh um um yeah so I think especially when I it was a big like I was really upset when I left home like that day when I moved in I cried nearly all the way here in the car (laughs) and and it was really sad because we were in two separate cars because I had that much stuff (laughs) that I had to bring all my stuff in two separate cars so I was sat with my dad and my dad was just a little bit like didn't know really how to deal with me I don't think um being (laughs) such an emotional wreck in the car on the way there um and then yeah it really took me I'd say the first Year to really feel like settled at uni. I think I remember coming back at Christmas and all my friends going on about how amazing it was and all the friends they'd made, Aww. and and me being like, don't really thing. enjoy it. Like, <laughs> um. but I didn't really want to say that because that wasn't what everyone else was saying. Um, but then which and it was it was purely and it was purely my own like um what's the word shyness I guess that was preventing me from that because then all the people that I lived with ended up being my really close friends Mm. that I'm really close friends with now and I'm like i would lived with them for like three months by that point and still didn't really think they were my friends but that was purely me not not making an effort I think (laughs) rather than
2: them (laughs) yeah it's a lot about making an effort isn't it um I was the same as Casey in the sense I was crying when my mum and dad left, Um, first time moving away from home. New city, I'd gone to a nursery next door to my primary school, next door to my high school, um, at home, and then I had gone to a different sixth form college in another town, but with all my friends from school and college, sorry, school went, so university was a big leap away from The northwest really. But I did know some people from my school year and college year, in fact, um there was four or five of us. But in it it was the opposite of what you'd expect. Like we didn't really meet up and do things, we all made our own separate friends and I wasn't particularly close with them at school. But it was just nice knowing they were there. But then when you get there you're so busy meeting new people and realising there's people there that you're more similar to. I didn't actually have loads to do with them. Of course I saw them sometimes but that was always unplanned so I think for me I thought I had that comfort blanket but it was a bit different and when I first moved in I knew I was living with four or five other girls and at first I was a little bit like oh no all girls like what does this mean because sometimes you might worry there's a bit there'll be a bit of gossiping or what if you don't get on with them but in the end I was so glad that I did live with all girls um, because some of them now are still some of my closest friends I've got and it was just such a nice experience with those five other girls because we're all in the same boat, different backgrounds and I learnt a lot about people from different backgrounds and different towns because I'd only really stayed with people before from the northwest and my area so it's nice to realise not everyone's lives were the same as mine and as I say those girls I carried on living with a couple of them through the whole time of university. So in the end, I was so lucky, and I was really glad that it was who I was living with mm-hmm. in first year. I think that's really interesting, though, because I live with all
1: girls all the way through uni, and every time I've said that to somebody, everybody's always been like, "Oh, all girls, isn't that yeah. a bit of a like mean house and all that?" And I'm like,
2: "No, no, <laughs> yeah. it's not. Like, yeah, that's right. really difficult. Yeah, yeah. like, cool.
1: like, that's really like." <laughs>
2: But again, for boys me... Boys just
1: make it messy, I,
2: like... <laughs> I thought the same, like, I was thinking the stereotypes about my own gender, mm. but it's because I'd never had that split before. I'd always been in school and college, mixed boys and girls, and even in my friendship group at college, there was a boy in it, so I'd never really just been all girls. I always had a, at least one boyfriend mm. around, so it was like... Something new for me just being all girls. So it worked out really well in the end. Mm. Yay, girl
0: power. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, so um, two questions. So one, um, who did you find yourselves gravitating towards? And um, did you find that when you were initially meeting people, you had to teach them about where you came from? Or did you find yourself having to learn? Like the other way around?
1: Um. So, I kind of... I, I ended up making really good friends with the people that I live with. Well, with at least four of the people that I live with were really close friends <laughs> and still really see each other now. Um, I found it harder to make friends on my course because, especially because history was so big, there were just so many people that did it and mm. all the socials were, like, big drinking nights out with like 100 people going mm. and I'm like, i was kind of a bit like you don't really want to go to something like that when you don't know anybody yeah. like that, that was would be daunting. really daunted if you just go when you yeah. didn't know anybody so i tended to make friends with the people that i lived with and then with people off my off the german mm-hmm. side of my course um i tended to gravitate i guess towards people that were mm, or seemed to be more confident than me, I guess, in their situations because then I'm like, well then they've got friends already making <laughs> <they can> movies <laughs> with their friends and I don't Are, have to right? do that. Yeah. <laughs> um like and yeah, I guess it was like it was I think all yeah. Southerners in my flat. I was okay. the only Northerner. Right. It was <laughs> and there was a girl from Northern Ireland. Um so I was like teaching them the ways of the North, I guess. So they, were, they were just passing on mad, property because they were in, um, in the North. <laughs> um, but, um, no, um, I guess it was kind of, yeah, explaining where I was from was quite difficult because nobody knows where I'm from, yes. whereas the other people in my flat tended to be from places that you'd heard of, like, there's a girl from London, there's a girl from Bristol, there's a girl from Kent, like... I knew where all these places were, yeah. just go up in Northern Ireland, like, where was a witness, of quite uh small town, very unknown
2: kind of thing. Yeah. I guess. And I think same for me, I'm from Warrington, so down the road from Katie, yeah. um, so few people like where's Warrington, but I think the thing for me was I was quite proud to say I'm from the north and I'm from my town and it was just when some of my southern friends would take the mick a bit about how strong my accent was and I never realised I had an accent until I went to uni because that's all we know Um, and we're going to a college in Wigan I was around the Wigan accent a lot so that to me that's so strong so I thought oh I've not got one compared to people I go to college with and but once we did a ranking amongst two flats and all boys' flat all girls' flats. So there's 12 of us with best to worst accents. I was second from the bottom for worst accents. Oh, my God. Um, Wait, And the, the bottom one was the Sheffield accent. In fact, <gasps> when we are in Sheffield, <laughs> shocking. Um, top oh. one was one of the southerners. Um, oh I gosh. can't remember which one, but they all... Personally, to me, sound quite the same. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it was one of the ones from London. Uh, so that was great. But I just found myself just being very proud of that. But, it, again, it was probably my first experience with Southerners. And I know, like, we're all human, we're all English. But there is a slight difference, just certain things I can't think what but like chips and curry after a night out it's more of a northern (laughs) thing and just various random little things I noticed that I thought oh wow like we do this going out in the evenings without a jacket on is fine for us but (laughs) southerners would never dream of doing that so I guess I was learning more about a bit like there is a slight difference between us Um, and who I gravitated towards well one of my flatmates um Again, I'm really good friends with her now. She's been my best friend um, for the last four years. Like, she's very similar to me and people used to mistake us for sisters in Freshers Week. So I think it was just really good luck that I got put in a flat with someone who was more like a sister so she was like the best friend that I shared everything with and talked to about uni or social situations or invited to come out with me to various events or whatever so she so I was really lucky just by chance I got put with that person so um Often in university halls, it's pot luck who you put with, but if you're lucky, it can be amazing and the friendships you form because not only are you friends, but you live together. So she was the main person I gravitated towards. And I just wanted to add on to what Katie was saying about the massive um, subject society. So I was on law and the law society was massive and there was a lot of alcoholic socials, but I also joined the bar society, which was one of the more smaller academic societies on law. And I met some of my best friends on law again. I live with one of them now currently as a worker um, through the bar Society. So going kind of to a smaller, more academic-focused society maybe helped with that. Not that I don't mind big social events as well, but it was just a bit easier in a more smaller, inclusive group. A lot more inclusive, I found, as well, kind of being involved in that society. So, yeah, that was kind of how I met my law friends as well through that society, Well, just to go back to your point about accent, I also
0: think all Southern accents sound the same, Same. but Uh, whatever. Um, Anyway, so um, just to switch topics a little bit, tell me um, your encounters with diversity and inequality.
2: Um, I think mine personally, uh, coming from a very white area, yes. I think in my school, in my year alone, two black people and one Asian person, so um, I was very used to like mainly white area and I didn't realise that wasn't what the rest of the UK was like before university because why would I? i never left an area that w- lived in an area that wasn't like this, so... Coming to university when I had made friends, especially from law, one of my closest friends from India, one from Hong Kong, um, a Polish friend even, just I made friends from other countries which I think was a first for me, I'd never really had that opportunity really at home and if anything, I don't know if it's just by chance I, that they actually are my closest friends but I don't know if that's just chance that they are but I just love hearing their stories about their countries and about um, where they're from and their culture and I think that for me exposed me to a whole another world out there that wasn't just my little village in Warrington or my college in Wigan so I found it really interesting and um, it was the first chance I'd really mixed with people of all races and ethnicities I, I guess that was my personal experience of people I met. Yeah,
1: I guess I come from a very, very similar place to Emma, and it's very white Catholic um, kind of area, and I think one of the reasons when I was applying to uni, um, I was looking at loads of different unis, I went on so many open days, because I'm rubbish at making decisions, Um, and I was torn between what's put for my firm choice between Sheffield and between Lancaster. And I spoke to loads of people about it and I was more, more convinced towards Sheffield and I was speaking to loads of people about it and making pros and cons lists and all that and they were like, oh, Katie, I think you're a better suited for Lancaster and most people I asked said that I'd be a better seat for Lancaster because it was smaller, it was less about like a drinking culture, it was less about, it was a, wasn't as big a city, I'd feel more comfortable and all this and I was a bit like... You're convincing me against it because you're saying all of those things. Like, and I think also I really wanted to go somewhere where I knew there was diversity, and I felt Lancaster is quite a it's quite I don't know. My impression of it purely from going to an open day was that it was very much more just people from around that area Mm, went. There wasn't that many people from outside of yeah. I feel like the northwest don't travel far to go, yeah. yeah. so and I wanted to go to Sheffield because it was more a city that more people from all over the country went, but also all over the world. You really got a vibe, I thought, on the mm-hmm. open day It was that it's a really international place, and that was one of my things that I was like, I don't, I don't know why, I don't even know where that comes from, kind of in me that I really mm-hmm. wanted to meet people that weren't just from round the corner kind of thing. That I really yeah, wanted to meet good. people from all over the world, and that was kind of yeah one of the reasons I chose to come to Sheffield I guess um um and at uni like <laughs> the six girls I live with well the six of us in our flat were all white That's which was not I guess yeah an interesting start um but then it's kind of also why I joined the tea society was because well maybe not why I joined because I think it was just I was given a tea bag with a fresh <laughs> and I was like you I'll go <laughs> I'll go for the free tea um, but then when I went I was like oh this is actually really cool because there's so many people from there was loads of international students went because it was they're like we're in England we're going to do tea drinking but then it did often become a room of just international students with like maybe the committee with the <laughs> only people that were actually British um it was really nice because you met. You had so many different stories. There'd be like mature students would go, and that this lady that was in her forties that was from, like, Connecticut. I think she said, oh. and she'd go on about how her son and her daughter did this and this, and she decided to do her PhD in oh, Sheffield, wow. and she divorced her husband and decided this is what she was going to do. And I was like, that's <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, um, it was just really. Uh, that was i got a bit of diversity i guess into my uni experience was doing stuff like that
2: i must say i think university of sheffield does a lot um to sort of um make sure they have a people from all over the world coming in, and that they feel welcome there. They have a very good orientation programme that I um, applied for a job with, sadly didn't get, but it sounded so interesting, like doing all local cultural things in Sheffield. And I think um, it's nice because in big events, they'd always have like one of their um, certain uh, cultural societies offering entertainment or food or just to make that more diverse um aspect to it than just all organised by the university and their caterers and their DJs and stuff like that. I always felt like they included like, I think I once saw Belly Dancing Society performing and um, they got like the Indian Society once at a big event to provide food. So yeah, just very very um, inclusive of all the different societies that there were for different people of different cultures. Um, How do you think
0: Uh, diversity impacts you like is it beneficial do you even see its
1: impact like tell me something about that um yeah because I think it's really beneficial because it makes you a less closed minded person the more people that you meet from the more varied backgrounds means you're more aware of issues in the world you're more aware of differences in a good way if that makes sense um in that you can appreciate that people have different experiences um, and have, but then have different experiences. But then we're all human, so we can all connect. If that makes sense. that however, like th- there's always a shared experience or something. Uh, but it's really interesting to listen to other people talk about how they're different, but also about how there's similar things that happen all over yeah.
2: the world. I agree. I've learned a lot from the friends I have that aren't from England. Um, mm-hmm like about their cultures, about their religion, um, particularly a lot more about the religion of Islam through meeting more people of that religion at uni and through my job now um, and it just educates me more and I'm genuinely interested in these things so I think for me it's just interesting to have friends or know people or meet people from different areas and just get a different outlook on life really and like maybe what's different to in their country compared to here. I find it very important. I also like having a mixture of friends and being open-minded. I think it's just a, such a good way to be and really important especially with our job working with young people. We've got to set a good kind of precedent to them so we have to be accepting and of course I would be anyway of all sorts of differences people might have and different races, cultures, disabilities, genders, all sorts, so I think working with young people it's a lot more prominent in our lives and you, you, you can't not be accepting of differences.
0: Um. So Emma, you touch upon this a bit, but can you give me more personal examples of, um, say, well, we're all co-workers, um, and you know, like our team, I I would say is relatively diverse. <laughs> How do you think that impacts us? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's a bit um, loose question. <laughs> um I think it's interesting that our team is six, sorry, seven girls and one boy. Um because I like diversity in gender and sex on our team it's I guess it's not really because it's one boy. Um, but I think that's helpful when we do have, say, rowdy young people, especially boys that we work with, we can kind of be like our colleague who's a male can you deal with this one (laughs) just because he might relate to him more as a male role model but I feel like in general girls and boys do listen to us and um yeah I I think sometimes it's good having mainly our girl team because we can all understand each other a lot better Um we do get on so in one way I, I don't like I think we have diversity in terms of like race and ethnicity definitely um, but
1: but but that that makes us more relatable. I think that if we are a more diverse team and we're in a school with a diverse array of different students from all different backgrounds and cultures, that means that they're seeing examples of people that look like them that do that job or that have been to uni or that whatever that might be. But equally, it's like people that have an accent from the area that we go to that's the same that makes it more relatable that they have the same accent as me so and they've done this so that that's also relatable
0: yeah, yeah. but then oh, oh sorry no no, no go ahead <laughs> I, I, I always think um there's always room for more diversity mm-hmm. because we have so many factors not just gender that the city there's mm-hmm. disability and you know mm-hmm. on and on and on um just to shake things up a bit, a bit further, um, so I've always been in spaces where I was the only Asian person and recently the only American person, which I thought <laughs> I'd never say out loud, but I guess being an expat, that's something that I am you know, experiencing. Um, so for you two, have you been in spaces where you were not the majority, you were the minority, and how did it make you feel? And to tack on that to make it even more complicated, if you were in spaces like that, do you think it's important to be in the minority and the majority? With um,
2: the only situation, again I keep mentioning the job, um, that I've ever been in The minority is in a school in a more ethnically diverse area, mm-hmm. um, so there's certain schools we, I might have been in where I'm one of the only white people and that is different, it's something I've never actually experienced being in the minority before but um, I still felt comfortable and I, I liked that there was diversity and differences in the room and it wasn't all just a lot of the same or just people who are all very similarly minded people from different countries within Asia not all from the, I, I found it interesting um, I think it's good to one at least once senior your life feel like you are in a minority um, but I didn't feel um, at like disadvantage because of that I just felt like well that's just how it is in this particular area or this school and kind of just uh, got on with it and just in, enjoyed being there and made the most of it, I guess.
1: I guess one of the... I'm trying to think, but I guess a time when I've been in a minority as being in a minority as a British person was when I was in Germany working in the school because there weren't any of the British people in the school. Um, and it would be... It, it, I don't think you'd think about it and then something had happened that was maybe... <laughs> quite culturally significant to, like, somebody in Britain and you'd really want to talk about it with somebody and you'd be like, gem, people just wouldn't understand me if I was talking about this, like, <laughs> the, I'm going on about, oh, this is really significant and then, you know, it's um, <laughs> not so important to them. Um, and it, and I think, like, I remember there was, like, a, a girl that was an American exchange student um, in one of the classes and I was, like, I tried to be, like... <laughs> like, we both speak English as a first language, that, that makes us the same. Like, and she was not interested whatsoever in having a conversation with
2: me. Ouch. She was just like,
1: go away, I'm sat here with my German friends, I don't want to talk to you because you're a teacher. um oh, wow. So, yeah, that, that, that made me feel a bit like, oh. but it does make you aware that it is nice to be in situations where it's like to have somebody that's. Similar to you, so that you yeah. have a bit of yeah.
0: solidarity in a situation, so, and yeah, you don't no, feel completely isolated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. So, relating that to like high, higher education, um, what what challenges are you to personally facing in higher education? And you can reference your like student experience or now as professionals, um, and. What do you think higher education is doing right? <laughs> well. <Wow. laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think. So a time when I think I faced a challenge when I was a student was, I remember this one really specific thing because it was probably one of the first times I'd ever actually thought potentially this has been done this way because I am a woman. Um, and it was, Or because I was coming at it from a female perspective, maybe. Um, It was a module in my second year of uni that we did. And it was a very, very older, traditional professor, should Mm -hmm. I say? Okay. Who ran it. Um, And he... And it was, like... It was an okay module. It wasn't my favourite module. It was about um, culture and society in the 1960s and 70s in Germany. And we had to write an essay. And I said that about this film, I think, and I'd said about it being from, like, a feminist, like, a scholarly feminist perspective that this isn't quite, like, this is a little bit dodgy from a feminist perspective. And I remember it getting the mark and the feedback for it, and it was a big circle around it, and with, yeah, I don't think this is relevant. But he'd he'd written next to it, this isn't relevant, on the page, and I felt a bit like... No, but and usually, I feel like, especially, I don't know about you Emma, in England, I think is especially a thing, like in Britain, that you don't question your teachers, there's not a lot no, of, like, opportunity, <laughs> there's not a lot of space, I think, in UK schools yeah. to do any, like, like, free debate in or questioning what you're being told I don't think that's really giving you the opportunity until university when then when then you're like told that you've got to question everything and you've got to come up with a you know you've got to question the title and question the question and all that and I think that throws a lot of people completely separately separate issue that it throws a lot of people and makes people scared of university and I don't think UK schools properly prepare people from university but that is a separate conversation <laughs> for a different time yeah. um but then it was one of those first situations that I was like, actually, I think he's wrong. And I'd never really felt that about a, a teacher or a person in, like, a teaching role that I'd never really questioned them before. And I took it to one of the other teachers who, was, who wrote a lot about feminist authors in German history and stuff like that. And she was like, yeah, yeah, it's it's him I know he's oh, written this,
0: yeah. uh, and they clashed
1: massively and I was like <laughs> and it really put me off from doing any of his other modules that he led on because I'm like well you clearly commit stuff from a very different perspective to me and that was probably one of the first times I was like I feel like I've been like I, well I know it will have happened before but I just probably wasn't aware of it as much but actively discriminated against as being as a as a woman Mm -hmm. for my viewpoint and it actually had an impact on something that I care about Mm -hmm. like my grade or my marking or something if if that makes sense like I'd had you know everybody experiences though they might not be aware of it at a time like sexist remarks or sexist things happen it'll be said or they overhear stuff and they hear stuff but actually when it's like that's actually affected something that mm. I'm really bothered about. that Not no. that's always like stuck with me, that bit of And remarking. it's a shame that
2: it put you off your modules at other yeah. modules in case you were yeah. interested in yeah. them but because of the his viewpoints it meant you missed out. It's a shame. Um I think mine is slightly different kind of idea of diversity but in the sense of studying law I'm not sure if anyone listening uh, knows the kind of stereotypes of a typical law student. Um, I think in general there's a lot of issues with um, in the past they're doing more now law firms to kind of create diversity within them but of white middle class men being what you think of as a solicitor so imagine taking that back everyone's got to start somewhere they're doing a law degree so I did that Um, and just at times like kind of the snobbery I don't know the right word but um with amongst the students um it was hard to make friends with people quite similar to me um on the course itself just because of the subject it is I don't know people seem to have a superiority complex I always used to feel but I think some of my friends would agree and I had to like I mentioned earlier I joined the bar society and you'd think okay one of the is snobby but they were a bit more open-minded because they like me had gone out their way to join a kind of different sort of society so as I my main friends were a bit more like like-minded and down-to-earth and not as judgmental I did feel like a lot of people on the course itself it mm-hmm. could be a bit judgmental and this is more looking at it from like a trying to be better than others kind of aspect but like what great it was always talk of what how did you do in this um, and stuff like that and people they knew in what law firms they've got um, training contracts or vacation schemes in and I think that's hard to be around when for me as someone who wasn't 100% sure you want to go into law or I wasn't as invested, I wasn't prepared to give my whole life to getting a job within a law firm. I think it's hard to be around people that are just so um, focus, but they like to tell you about it as well. Yeah. Now, not much modesty, but it wasn't as much of a challenge. It was more just getting used to people that weren't as yeah. I don't not to big myself up, but, but as down to earth as me <laughs> and the friends that I wanted to have around me. So that was hard, like finding a decent group of like trustworthy, nice, down to earth people <laughs> on my course. <laughs> yeah. Well, just
0: to end things on a positive note, yeah. what do you think? our higher education is doing well
1: um i think when it comes to stuff like widening participation so even our jobs that's a positive that that yeah. exists but i guess that doesn't come from the university itself that's coming from the government mm-hmm. um but i the fact that there is other organizations that are funded by the government um that um that aren't funded by the government that are funded by universities I should say um is positive that they want to invest in that kind of thing um and that yeah that they're employing people to go out and encourage people to go to universities that they wouldn't consider going to in the past um I completely forgot I didn't know where I was going
2: there I lost my train of thought completely <laughs> Oh, okay. um, what are they doing? Well, I I can't think of a an exact direct answer, but I do think. Um, well, I know a lot of student unions kind of have like an international yeah. and inclusions yeah. officer. Yeah. Um, to kind of make sure international students' voices are heard and the inclusivity, and also LGBT um mm-hmm. committees. And I, from what I know of universities, are quite. Popular or common in unis these days to make sure everyone's yeah. voices are heard. And I think at
1: the university we both went to, didn't every committee have to
2: have an inclusions inclusion officer? In that. That's sort of what I was thinking. Yeah. About. From a more personal yeah. idea of my uni, but I think from learning about other universities and their students' union from this job, we do presentations on that. I think it's quite. Um, Positive that there are these kind of offices within the students' union that oversee all this and make sure everything's yeah. been adhered to. And I guess the fact that they, in like,
1: make that thing and that they say that every society has got to have that as part of their committee, it makes people aware, even if they're not even if the inclusions officer i know for tsox for example whoever was the biscuit officer was also the inclusions officer (laughs) it was a standard um very important yeah um and it maybe wasn't taken it was a little bit like what is the what what are you meant to do as the inclusions officer like there wasn't a specific job role job title for it um the fact that it exists makes people aware of that being an issue yeah um and just maybe raises the topic in conversation Mm, kind of thing
0: yeah um well i feel like we have touched on a lot of topics that are like subtopics in itself we'll have to do this again but (laughs) thank you for your time thank you you very much Thanks for listening to another episode of Introspectives. We have more content coming your way. Show us some love by following us at Introspectives on Twitter and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter and we will see you next time. Bye.